Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by... Just Johnny. Just Johnny. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. You're doing good. We had doing spooky good. time. It's all over. Halloween. Hallows, Halloween is, is done. We are moving on from that. We are weaning out. We are mo- weaning out. That's right. It's starting to get cold. I love this this time yeah. of year. If this is your first time listening to this show from SwitchRPG.com, we are where we bring... Wait, what? Where, <laughs> where we bring you the latest about switch rpgs this week we have quite a bit of stuff here uh we got pokemon coming out soon we'll be doing a little bit of that we're not talking about fallout 76 today uh yeah we are we we? probably shouldn't um all right that well we just mentioned out of of protest out of protest all right cool works for me uh but first uh what are you what are you playing I'm playing. I've been playing Icewind Dale. I've been playing Planescape Torment. And you have some opinions about those that you'll be writing down at some point. I, eventually, I will write down. I've written down like very little tiny bullet points. Oh boy. Uh, something, something, this, <laughs> something, something, this, something that, and okay. other stuff. Yeah. All right. So yeah, look out on Switch RPG for that upcoming. Um, anything else? Um, yeah. has it just been the Switch? Well, uh, it hasn't just been the Switch though. So for Halloween, I decided to play and beat, uh, just finishing up on Resident Evil 2, so I beat that. Oh, yeah. And I started up immediately after that, I started up Resident Evil 7. Oh, okay. So, and this is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Okay, so, right, right, Remake right. from earlier this year, yeah. 7 from like uh, two years ago. They did a really good job with the remake. They did, um, they did. I, I, watched, uh, I watched my brother-in-law play it, and it just looks incredible. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's probably it might be one of the best Resident Evils. It's really really good. Okay. Uh, if I didn't already play and beat Resident Evil Two from the PlayStation, I would have uh, really loved it. Might have placed it above Resident Evil Four. Wow. But it is such a well done uh, game. I think it perfectly matches uh, or sort of sw- sits in between uh, the older Resident Evil Zero, uh, One, and Two, and threes but i never played the threes um in between that and resident evil 4 sort of finds the best perfect balance between those and just continues forward with it so it's really really good i was really impressed by it it's nice and short too right it took only 10 hours to beat it to beat it with uh leon okay uh i'll be starting up on with um claire claire uh, yeah claire redfield yep yeah um at some point uh probably after resident evil maybe uh, next halloween yeah. Well, I'm going through Resident Evil 7, and hopefully that one's also short. And Resident Evil 7, it's weird because it doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game. Is that the that is that the Biohazard one, or is that something different? I'm I'm, I'm it's getting the my first person one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. It's completely in first person. It's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre influenced uh, take uh, yep. Resident Evil take on that, and it, you're going through a very large house, almost like a mansion. Yeah. It's a big giant yep. house. Uh, there's like you're going through like old video footages, and, but as you continue to play that game, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil at the start. Mm-hmm. But as you continue to play through it, and you're get, you're you're sort of slowly getting new. It feels at first very linear, and then as you progress through it. It starts to feel more and more Resident Evil like, 
And, okay. uh, and at the point that I'm at right now, I don't know how far along I am, but it very much is now like, okay, I got the herbs, I got this little chemical thing, I, I can sort of craft and combine the two to create uh, some heals, and I'm getting the ammos, there's the item boxes, I have to like save my file on a tape recorder, and... and uh, yeah, that yeah. is that is the last Resident Evil I played, and I agree with you, if Resident Evil 4 is probably, the, I, for me, in my opinion, that's probably the best one. Um, yes, but yeah. this this resident evil 7 i think biohazard um was probably legitimately the most scariest one i played it, it like um uh, like the first part of the game it, it genuinely creeped me out it had that right you had that texas chainsaw massacre feel yeah. and then once those black blobs started getting into it, I, I forget what they're called annoying that's what they're oh called. that's what they're <laughs> called annoying. but um until you get the shotgun then they're like no problem right but i mean the just the initial part with that dude that old guy is just chasing you around yeah yeah i i'm done i i, I couldn't uh, do so i w- because i beat resident evil 2 first mm-hmm. that wasn't really much of a problem like scare wise okay like Sure, it was like a little bit of jump scariness. Yeah, but, there was a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, but coming from Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 2 definitely, the remake, raised the bar. And then now, you know, going through Resident Evil 7, I could have seen it being much scarier than what it currently is. It yeah. feels less, uh, it feels more claustrophobic and less freeing of okay. the character because you you don't, even though it's in first person, you still don't feel as fully in control. The environment feels more constricted than mm-hmm. resident evil uh to remake so uh but going through it, enjoying it nonetheless especially as things slowly ramp up and feel more like a resident evil yeah, game right, yeah. where you're getting the little coins and i just got the to typewriter the, room was like a yeah. oh the music just was so it was so yeah. comfy cozy and um i didn't want to leave <laughs> and yeah, and they have the bird cages, so you can kind of get that mini level up your character yeah, right, type right. of element thing. So yeah, it's feeling very much like a Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, not as good as two. Not as good as four. But it is good. It is real good. Though. Yeah, I mean those other two games you just mentioned are really up there. Yeah. So yeah. And Resident Evil. Don't get me wrong. Resident Evil One Remake on GameCube is probably my second favorite Resident Evil. Really. Game. Two is probably now gonna best that, but Resident Evil One Remake on gamecube oh man mm. that is so good so good that's probably the scariest one yeah i'm still a, a resident evil 4 resident evil 4 well resident evil 4 is definitely the best yeah. one what else what else you playing anything else that's that's quite a bit yeah uh, that that's pretty much it what about oh and just earlier today playing terry bogard so from smash oh oh you 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 have the fighter pass i have the fighter of course I have the wow you like yeah. le- a legit pro then uh, no I, <laughs> I am bad uh i used to be way better at smash uh-huh. and if you it's like one of those uh skills they have to keep at it sure fine tune yeah fine tune keep playing otherwise you're gonna get rusty and get beat i've gone to tournaments and i've gotten beat uh i think my smash career ended way back on the gamecube days oh wow that's like a lifetime ago yeah i went to a uh a tournament and they uh they royally stomped me i brought Uh my yoshi this is before people realized (laughs) that yoshi was good Uh uh but i thought yoshi was good and I brought Yoshi and I got stomped hard because Yoshi was not good, or at least I was not good with Yoshi. <laughs> right, and I was right. definitely not at the level of these other people. They were insane. Oh, man. So. Yeah, I'm, I have the game. I'm terrible at the game. I just have fun with it. Yeah. yeah it, I'm, just, I'm just no good. I enjoy the, the museum-like historical sort of... Mm-hmm. 
part yeah. of it a yeah. lot. And I do I do enjoy playing around with new characters. And sometimes I find a new character that I really stick to. Right, like right. Piranha Plant. Piranha Plant. For whatever reason. I don't know why I like Piranha Plant, <laughs> but I like Piranha Plant. <laughs> they're just, they're just, uh, that roster is just so, so massive. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable how you can fit that many characters in, yeah. into this game. It's they're, crazy. They're, I think they're over 80 now or almost close to 80. That's in a sense, I mean, I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> it's just too much. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate I mean, one. I, just I, keep adding, make it, make it the biggest one possible. It's, it just hit a record. It is the biggest one possible. It's the uh, best-selling fighting game of all time, officially. Now we're not going to go into the rabbit hole. Is it a fighting game or not? Well, it was. Other people have already donned it the best the best selling fighting game of all time. So okay. yeah. Okay. Well, all right. That, and that's it's fine. definitely a fighting game. Okay. When you have Ryu and Ken and uh, now Terry Bogard, it's a fighting game. It's a fighting game. Okay. No all questions right. asked. All right. Fine. Yeah. I, like I said, we're not going to go there. I just I just wanted to bring it out there. What have you been playing? Um, the Outer Worlds, man. The, the Outer, Outer Worlds. Worlds is is awesome. I absolutely love it. It hits that Fallout New Vegas, like the gap that I needed. It's yep. it's right there. I love the 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 writing in it. It's funny. It's good. Um, it's not open world like Fallout New Vegas, um, but I don't need that. I don't need the the open world. It's kind of got different planets to explore. So it, it it doesn't feel small at all. Um, but yeah, the the weapon the weapons are fantastic. Very creative. Uh, I yeah, it's 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 really really good. I I, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, also been playing, I'm still playing Divinity Original Sin 2, probably. Yeah, that's, that's like a hundred hour. Well, it's, this is my like third play through. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I have done so many different play styles, so yeah. I'm just kind of doing a lot of experimentation. So it, and, and I'm doing it for YouTube. So it's it's kind of fun have doing you, that. Have you played the game with other people? Um, I, I played with my brother-in-law. I found yeah. that it, it slowed the campaign, our campaign or our story um, progress really down because like I could only play because it was on on his account, so I could only play that storyline when he was available to play it. We couldn't, I couldn't carry the story through unless he was on. So uh, it was, it was kind of a, it, like I said, it really slowed things. Was that down. Lo- uh, locally or could you do it online? No, you could do it locally. We did, we did have a few play sessions where we did it locally, but it was all online. It was all online. Yeah, okay. that was through Xbox where I did that. So, okay, yep. so we, he would play at his house. I would play on mine and we could only play that specific campaign when he, when he was playing. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely slows it down. Yeah. So it slowed it down tremendously. Um, but yeah, I, I did, I did play it. Um, uh, co-op and the way they don't have it for the switch but if you play local online co-op on any other version except for maybe steam i thought the uh, switch version did have local it i don't think it does have local i am probably wrong on that i could look it up Go ahead. okay well either way the way they integrate it is is really cool um because you, you know your characters you can have the 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 split screen uh, and you know, one each character can go different ways, and then when they get in the same in the same area, it blends together. And the way they do it in, on the Xbox version is really really cool. I wish they actually did have it there. They don't have local co-op; they have local play, um, is what the Switch has. What is local play? Local play. So we each have our own individual switches, and then we oh, can play that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, but it, it's not it's not lo- uh, co-op in terms of we're using and sharing the same switch. I actually like that local play better than online. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminds me of like the Monster Hunter days where uh, my friends and I would all get our uh, Wii U's <laughs> together in the same room. That's a lot of equipment. And well, you didn't really need uh, TVs, right? No, you had. Well, you depends just, on the game, though. Well, this was for Monster Hunter. Okay, so so you- it was just the console and the gamepad, and okay. we would all play Monster Hunter together. Some people would connect to a TV, but some right, people right. would just be perfectly fine on their. Uh, yeah, it, it just gamepad. depends on the game because other other games just utilize that gamepad differently. I know, for example, with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, yeah. that was your map and kind of inventory management type of setup. That was not a good game to play on the gamepad, but the gamepad functionality was good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, so, yeah, Outer Worlds, uh, Divinity, and I've been doing a bunch of stuff for YouTube. Um, I just recently picked up Cat Quest 2, kind of a really simple, kind of casual RPG. Yeah, the, gra- the art direction mm-hmm. and the art style in that game yeah. it looks really I good. love it because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the overworld, I guess you can call it, is basically a map, but you're actually fighting, you know, enemies yeah. on the map, and then you can go into dungeons. So it's really kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's like an action y, isometric. Mm-hmm rpg yep. but uh are the dungeons when you go into a dungeon are they procedurally generated or i'm not entirely sure uh once you're done with a dungeon i haven't really felt the need to go back into yeah. a dungeon um so i'm not entirely yeah. sure if they're procedurally generated the, the only thing with that game is that it looks a little it looks really well polished really well done but it also looks a little shallow uh mm-hmm. regarding depth like it's really just go around the world sure. attack stuff and dodge the attacks yeah and and that's why i said it's it's a casual rpg yeah um okay. it's more for you know your casual fans uh to kind of get into uh kind of shoehorn them into rpgs in, in general so but like a diablo light without the loot drop grind <laughs> it's 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 yeah super light super light oh yeah we'll say super light but it's a fun game it is really fun light and cuddly <laughs> very cuddly um and yeah so that's that's kind of what i've been playing so let's move on to the news. We had BlizzCon. We had BlizzCon. Oh man! And and uh, really excited for Diablo Four, uh, which there was no information on that regarding the Switch version or any. Uh, they did mention. Did they? I think they mentioned the consoles, right? Yeah. But they didn't say. Did they say actual PS4? I, they might have said because that must have been a flub because there's no way Diablo 4 is coming out on PS4 and Xbox One because right, right. just Blizzard time does not align that. Why would they release a game like that uh, if it if it at its earliest it's going to be a 2021 game, mm-hmm. which means it's going to be a game that releases a year into the next-gen consoles. Right, but I, I I mean, at this point, I don't think they're going to go ahead and say PlayStation 5 or Xbox Scarlet or whatever it's called. They're not They're not going to go ahead that, and, and ruin other people's plans. Right, Do you but, know what I mean? But, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, the, With PlayStation, yes. Well, even even X, Xbox has been talking about the, right. the next-gen console, mm-hmm. Scarlet, Project Scarlet, whatever they're calling it. So, I mean, what's to say that this one wouldn't be, I guess, backwards compatible or... You know, I, I mean, yeah. well, I think we're right on that border where they're definitely know, that generational that. Yeah. border. They're definitely going to, the games that you're going to see come out in 2020 are definitely going to release twice. They're going to release mm-hmm. whether, if they're earlier in the year, they're going to release, uh, and then they're going to release again for the next-gen consoles. That's definitely happening. No question yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't do that because not everyone's going to jump on that next-gen train. 
right yeah. away. And the fact that, uh, what was it, Sony, uh, the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible. So if you well, can buy... Is that, the, is that set in stone? I thought that was a rumor where it was going to go backwards compatible all the way that. to the PlayStation. Well, I don't know how far back they're going to go, but they, going they, PS4? Did say, they did say PS4 backwards okay. compatibility. Once again, I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket no. because Sony has been doing weird stuff and announcing weird stuff. But yeah. uh, I I'll believe just, it was Mark Cerny specifically that said I'll just that wait. there would be backwards compatibility. Just wait and see. You know, you're yeah. right. You don't want to put all your eggs in that basket. And yeah, then, I could be wrong. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was really nothing... You know, Switch related. I don't see why. Uh, you know, um, Warcraft Three was it reforged? Yeah. Why? Reforged. Why can't the Switch get that? Uh, it can, but this is Blizzard, and they don't think that RTSs. They tried RTSs back on the N sixty four with Starcraft, uh, Starcraft sixty four, and they just the sales weren't good in that game, obviously. Yeah. And they don't. And no one has. But times really, are different now, obviously. They, you know, they, they've tried. Like multiple companies have tried mm -hmm. to bring RTSs to console, and only the very few that are able to do it the console way, instead of trying to take like a PC RTS and make a PC RTS work on console. If you right. just make a console RTS, it will work. Yeah, I right? think I think that's the biggest problem. We were actually talking about this behind the scenes, yeah. uh, where RTSs are just difficult to play on i was saying that that they're difficult to play on a controller pc rts's so let's let's get okay. this correct like yeah, PC yeah, yeah. like because uh i mean i haven't played any other rts's well, pikmin have you played pikmin i have played Pik yeah. pikmin is okay. an rts i guess you could say that yeah where's pikmin uh four where is pikmin four <laughs> indeed <laughs> that game has been done and miyamoto is just like holding on to it i really i don't it. i don't mean to derail the train but yeah i mean what other rts's are there that i can play on on a console that's made for a console tooth and tail tooth and tail yeah now you 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 mentioned this tooth and tail thing it's really uh, the character design that you're kind of explaining yeah, are yeah. really really interesting uh, it it came out i think it came out the year that uh breath of the wild came out so okay. 2017 i think the game came out then uh and it was in my top five games of that year wow or almost made my top five games that year because xenoblade also came out that year which, okay and mario odyssey also came out that, that, that was an incredible year <laughs> that's quite a cast there yeah uh but yeah tooth and tail is phenomenal and they did rts controls uh they made an rts work on console because they made they changed the system right it's not point and click and sort of micromanage your mm. units they they remove the element of having to micro your units, and that's the part that doesn't work well on consoles, and they right. realize that, and the game actually plays better when you're playing it on a controller, because when you play it with keyboard and mouse, it works the same way as it does on controller. So right. they, they designed it controller first instead of keyboard, point and click, micro first. So it's like, I think even the developers uh, had a phrase, they called it like, popcorn rts popcorn rts yeah meaning it's like it's it's like something that everyone can enjoy okay. you don't you don't there's no entry barrier to entry okay you can get up pick up the controller and start enjoying how to play this rts may not be very good but you'll get good and you know being able to micro won't get in your way yeah it won't be clunky it won't be cumbersome yeah. um that's my biggest problem with with rts's on a console yeah. uh, and that game the developers have said uh, way back, uh, maybe about a year ago, 
that they are bringing that game to the Switch. All right. So I would say it's not on the Switch yet. If it was, I would have gotten it. <laughs> so keep a lookout on that game because the storyline is also bonkers and it has to do with just animals killing each other and there's like communist there's like uh, multiple factions one of them is like a communism faction <laughs> another, another one is uh the the kgb like oh, faction. Wow. Okay. It's, it's just weird it's all right really cool too so it was uh tooth and tail tooth and tail all right cool cool uh what else did blizzard uh, have to say they they mentioned diablo immortal I'm no, sure. they didn't. They didn't. All right, that was good. surprising. That's good though. They, they, they might have mentioned it in the panels, but I didn't, okay. I didn't well, see the panels. It was. I saw their the main announcement. Yeah, that's that's basically what I watched too. And, and as far as anything else was concerned, there really wasn't. And I they, bet, I bet if they did talk about Diablo Immortal, they probably could, that because I could see in the future that Diablo Immortal makes its way over to Switch. Sure. It's a it's a mobile at heart yeah. game, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I could I could see that easily co- coming over yep. as well. Uh, they mentioned Overwatch, but we're not going to go into yeah, Overwatch two and the 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 next expansion of World of Warcraft. Uh, but yeah, Warcraft three. I don't, I don't know. D, uh, Blizzard's kind of out of the RTS sort of yeah, yeah, game yeah. as is. Yeah, they're they MMOs have, right now. Diablo's their thing. Overwatch is their thing. Yeah. That's that's it. They don't like RTSs anymore. Blizzard, they just want the dollars now. That's it. So. And, and then they're into their whole uh, Battle.net client. All right. So, yeah, moving on. Dragon Age. I haven't yeah. heard that in a long time. Uh, it's still And it's still a ways off. Uh, EA has finally told us during their recent earnings Q&A, the topic of Dragon Age came up. EA's CFO, Blake Jorgensen, stated that the project probably comes after fiscal year 2022 meaning sometime after april 2022 he also he didn't extrapolate too much further than that claiming that ea doesn't typically give multi-year guidance but finished by stating plans are underway so there is something coming and i and i think we did have a couple of snapshots or images about yes they're in they were kind of in very early development for that yeah. Uh, but yeah they're they're kind of a ways off they're- for that they were in development with that many years ago. I, yeah. I think I remember when EA did the press conference where they showed like headshots of like different developers. Uh, they mentioned Dragon Age while also mentioning like Mass Effect and Dramas before Andromeda oh, yeah. release. Wow. So I mean, this game has been in development for at least five years, uh, probably longer. And, and, unless there were issues where they just stopped stop development stop total production and then you know kind of just kept it on the back burner for a little bit and then kind of just now they're starting back up again Who well, knows? C- certainly yeah like a small team to experiment what's going to be the new thing how right. do they sort of take the game and move it forward because there were a lot of things in inquisition that just was not good <laughs> I mean, it looked visually. I thought Inquisition looked really good. It did look good. I, I thought the an, the animations with the magic. I, I thought the the. I mean, the attacks were kind of floaty, almost Fallout esque style, where it didn't really feel like I was hitting anything. Yeah, nothing was connecting. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I said, it looked beautiful, except for the times where I'm traveling from one point to another, where there was absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, it, was, it was pretty barren, and the the just garbage quests that they threw, yeah. sprinkled along the way was just completely mundane and please don't do that again do not uh, make your rpgs into a grind meaningless grind fest yeah well i hope they have uh, the right people uh in there that's for sure yeah and i have no clue why that game won so many game of the year awards inquisition did 
Yeah. I'm going to have to look back and see. It won. I know it won IGNs and it won a bunch of others. Wow. Okay. And it I, shouldn't have. No. At all. No, no, no. You're right. You're it was right. way better games that came out. Oh, geez. Um, so, yeah, moving on here, we got 3DS games come to the Switch. Oh, um, yes. And they may be, yes. they may be uh, games that were originally canceled, um, but don't get your hopes up on some Metroid games. So, last week, Nintendo's president suggested that the company was interested in bringing more 3DS franchises to the Switch, given how well Luigi's Mansion 3 did. Um, and the upcoming Sword and Shield uh, turned out, but I don't know how that relates to 3DS. Um, maybe because Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon did well, or and Pokemon generally is a 3DS or a handheld title. And Luigi's Mansion 3 is doing really good, so they might bring back the older games. Mm. I mean, th the 3DS didn't sell DS numbers, right? I no, think it's no, no. at somewhere right around like 60 million i would uh, i would actually say that people probably were still playing their their ds's Maybe yeah that's why yeah, because yeah. i mean there was really no need to unless you really really like that 3ds there there was just less great games on the 3ds yeah. uh and i partly blame uh blame konami for this konami why your you, fault what was because on the ds there's not one not two but three fantastic Castlevania RPGs. And on the 3DS, there is Goose Egg. None. There are Castlevania games on a 3DS. But just not our... They're not RPGs, not RPGs, and they're garbage. They are made by developers that ruined <laughs> the, the Castlevania franchise. But they did redeem themselves when they did the uh, Return of Samus. Okay, yeah, um, which was... Uh, or was Samus a, Returns. I no, mean, uh... uh Got what it's called. Re they they flipped Metroid the names. Two. <laughs> Metroid the retro the Metroid Two remake, not the fan one, the legit one. The legit Nintendo one. Yeah, back. we can't. We, I, can we even talk about the re the fan made I one? Love the fan one. Uh, fan one is so fantastic. I don't know if we can even mention that. Um, we'll get uh, but, struck down. But the official Nintendo one's also really good. No, it is. It is good. It is awesome. It, it is good. I still yeah. prefer the Metroid Two. Uh, I think it's Return of Samus, um, which was or Samus Returns. I think it's Samus Returns. <laughs> the Game Boy one. You you prefer the Game Boy Game one? Game Boy, yes. Are you insane? I am not insane. Well, I have been called worse, but yeah. You are insane. Okay, well, thank you. That is a terrible game. No. It's not bad. It's great for like a Game Boy game, but man, it's just, uh, it's too claustrophobic. There's no map. Uh, it's a Game Boy game. Yeah. So there, No, there was a, I believe there was a map. There is no map. I will show you. Show me the map. I'm not going to show you right now. Remind me, I will show you the map. <laughs> All right. uh, so yes, the suggestion the suggestion is that recent remasters like Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story bring it um, underperformed because of bankruptcy of the developers Alpha Dream. Well, yes, it's true, and 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 I think if that was either remastered or just ported over, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, but there are many other games. I believe there were some uh, Fire Emblem games that were canceled. Um, uh, that could potentially make it over. So there, there's a good amount of 3ds games that could get the graphical improvements, bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, the Pikmin game, mm -hmm. the alleged Pikmin Four, <laughs> which was not a Pikmin Four. Maybe it was, but it was a 2D side scroller, which is weird for right. a Pikmin game. Right, it is. But that could be brought over to the Switch. I mean, I won't mind at this point getting ports of 3ds games even if they did nothing but port the game and increase the resolution i would accept that 
I would accept that, and it would be way better than the uh, avalanche of uh, garbage bin titles that are on the shop every single week. Oh, there are a lot of bad ones. There are a lot well, of they bad just, ones. They just over-discount themselves to the point where they're trying to shoot up the rankings. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen some that were like three cents or something like that. I bought one for two cents. Why would you do that? It ended up being free. It ended. Up, it looked like a cool game. It was like a bullet hell shooter. Um, it ended up being free because I just used two gold coins and I was like, "Oh, free game!" You're part of the problem. I am. I am you a. Pro- I am a problem, and I'm also part of the problem. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't mind like something like Bravely Default. Um, Bravely Second oh, is yeah, is okay, yeah. but I Bravely Default was Definitely. was was fun. Um, there were a few others. A lot of Fire Emblem games on there, but. A lot of Fire Emblems, the Bravely defaults. Uh, there's uh, Etrian Odyssey. Yep, yep. I actually think I think that one's actually coming, Etrian Odyssey, because Alliance Alive just came over, <laughs> um, and I, I I think I saw something about that. There was also a uh, Dragon Quest Nine, right? Mm-hmm. That's a 3DS game. Is that the um, is that the MM? That's not the MMO. MMO, the MMO is, is seven, ten, eleven, twelve. 10. I don't know. It's X. I'm, I am 10. losing track of these. Yeah. <laughs> things it's unbelievable um so yeah there are plenty of 3ds games that can come uh come on over yeah, and now, ds i mean if they open mm-hmm. up if they open up that that little uh pandora's box because the 3ds could run ds games oh, yeah so you know if you could just tap into that market oh man i don't know that they'll ever do that though there's so I mean, many more better overall games on the ds that would be that would be on the publishers say for example with square enix if they wanted to bring back some of the like i think they did bravely default well i mean they could easily bring that over and port it over like they've done with a lot of other games um so i mean that would probably be on them but if we're looking at just nintendo um well fire emblem is a second party i guess you could call it um but you know fire emblem games oh fire emblem is is nintendo owned Okay, but it's, they have it's a, definitely Nintendo. But the developers is what? Uh, it's not Nintendo. It's I, not Nintendo. I, I can't think of. But off they top are of a second-party developer. Mm-hmm. But it's that's also the same relationship between Rare and Nintendo back right. in the day. Back so, in the day, right, right. Uh, or Retro right now is Retro right now. Developer. You got Monolith Studio. Monolith. Yeah. So these are now officially Nintendo-owned franchises. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so and Fire Emblem. I mean, that's that's old. That's oh that, yeah no yeah. they grew up with Nintendo. Um, and then what do we have here? You wanted to quickly mention something here. We had this for last week. I don't, I don't know if you wanted to mention this again. Something regarding the creator of Earthbound. Yeah, he just made some interesting comments uh, relating to Earthbound and not necessarily about a potential Mother 3, mm-hmm. but more so about how the game even came to be and there there's an article on it the article is on uh where is it at it's on 1101.com yeah 1101.com uh just go there read read the article or you can even find that article it's kind of buried a little bit now on uh my nintendo news um go, go to either of those places it was just there were some interesting interview sort of uh enlightening things to learn about how that person in particular his first game he ever developed was earthbound or not developed but directed like okay like the oversaw oversaw yeah was earthbound Mm -hmm. and he went to uh miyamoto and miyamoto was the one who 
kind of made that happen by putting he had a chat with this person for a different reason altogether <laughs> and and it was if, if you read the article i don't want to spoil it too much but it was just fascinating that miyamoto believed so much in this person who was not in the industry as a game developer uh and decided to listen to them and i guess this pitch must have been one hell of a pitch because right. miyamoto put together a team called this guy up like i don't know days weeks or or a month later and said all right i got the team come on in and, oh, and wow. make the game that's your a, that's awesome the 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 now earthbound has kind of taken on a culture of its own at this point but that game i remember when they came came out for the super nintendo um in the western release that game was really it came out really late in the super nintendo uh life cycle uh, so I don't know that it got a lot of the accolades that it should have gotten, honestly. But like, like I said, it's it's now taking on this. Yeah, and, and it's a rare car, and it did mm-hmm. it did come out in the states, and it's uh, you can I actually have the cart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mine; it's my friend's. He just never took it back. Don't tell him. Uh, I, it's his, <laughs> and he can grab it whenever he wants. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it is a really good RPG. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good, not because of the mechanics. It's really good because it was different in in the world that it took place. It took right. place in modern day. Yeah, where was, most of those most of the RPGs were high fantasy. Yeah, uh, typically this is, this is very low fantasy. It was there was definitely fantasy elements in there. Right? It was uh, there was like aliens, aliens and, right? And weird tripped out hippies and <laughs> stuff like that. But it was uh, it took place in a realistic world that we know today mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. cell phones what is, i don't remember that so long ago no cell phones no cell phones, no, no cell phones. um the smash direct happens we'll briefly mention this here uh terry bogard and all that stuff yeah terry's hard to use he's a very complicated <laughs> character he plays more like ken and ryu but even more complicated than those two characters so uh you got a lot to learn you have a lot to learn and he might be uh he definitely looks like he could be better than those two characters. So you might, and those two characters maybe will be in tournaments here and there, but Terry Bogard being potentially better than those characters, you'll probably see Terry uh, somewhere in the tournaments. But more importantly, just before uh, that happened, I think this happened like a day ago or two days ago, there was this interesting rumor posted by a person, a, a rumor spreader person Rumor spreader who has been proven right a leaker can we a call leaker. him a leaker a leaker right. yep sounds that's weird. a better word yeah it just sounds gross but <laughs> sounds grosser but better yeah yeah uh and this leaker has been right before in the past and this leaker said that there was going to be um and showed off not only did they show off uh images which could be doctored also showed off uh video huh and they claim that it was video from a debug build of Smash, which is definitely a thing. Um, and once again, there is a uh, place that you can sort of see this stuff. Uh, it's on uh, Dexerado.com. Uh, you can go there and search for a, uh, if you just do a Google search for Gino Doom Guy uh, Ultimate Leak, and I already just said what it is, uh, in that video, uh, you see the two me characters. One of them has on uh, what was the cloud person in Super Mario RPG? The cloud person, Mario RPG. Uh, uh, oh, I can't that, believe it. 
that was that was I don't remember. The, the, he, he's like a cloud. I know. I, he could punch. Can and, you? And he, he was cast. a what? He was a spell cast. What was he? He was a. He was kind of a cloud person. A cloud? Can yeah. you do that again? Cloud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the other me fighter or me uh, character had on a uh, helmet of the. Oh, I forgot. It's like the floating, the big fat floating head with a big giant mouth, gaping mouth, uh, and multiple eyes, um, or maybe one big eye. I forgot. But it's clearly a character from Doom. All right. Uh, and they were worn as helmets on the meats. And then uh, playing in that was uh, Terry Bogard. Okay. Or no, uh, Ken. And I think it was Ken specifically because the leaker goes by the alias of ken smash or something like that oh boy uh and there's speculation that gino might be a the last or potentially one of the fifth fighter one of the unannounced fighters might be or doom guy doom guy yeah i i again i have no allegiance to any characters i i barely play the game myself um, but I just love the passion that a lot of these people have with yeah, Smash. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's it's so cool to see. <laughs> it <laughs> is officially the biggest fighting game of all time. All right, all right. Let's... And, and the franchise overall. So the franchise overall has, they, they did numbers. It was like 50, I don't know, 52, 53 million yeah. versus the next highest up, which was in the 40s. That's crazy. So it, it's it's officially like by far the best selling fighting game franchise of all time. Mm-hmm. So, and, co- and it's competitive, which is is awesome. And crazily competitive, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we got here? Pokemon. Are we going to Pokemon? Uh, there there's some sales stuff that I thought I don't want to dive deep into the sales, right. other than making Quick. a few mentionings. Mention yeah. quickly about so, some sales in Japan. Japan. The Switch Lite actually sold more than the switch itself already well not oh. not more in total oh, I'm okay. talking i'm talking for the weekly the week okay it has surpassed it and i can definitely see that being a long-term trend where it's good where the switch light is going to be the dominant one now in the states different story mm-hmm. uh interesting is that both persona 5 royale and luigi's mansion 3 uh, uh released roughly around the same time and persona beat luigi hmm so that's sad and this is persona 5 royale it's the same game but with extra stuff right right so people are rebuying this they're game? rebuying it why can't it's on we, the same console too. it's not like we, it's on a new console why can't we have that game uh i want that i don't want this scramble baloney that we're getting hey you remember that question that we got about um what games are overrated oh you're we, not we did saying on the first show yeah uh-huh. yeah so p5 is on there Persona 5 is on that overrated See, P- list. P5 was actually the one I wanted to mention. But you didn't mention it. But I didn't mention it. I actually have Persona 5. It is not a fantastic RPG. Oh, we can... It's all right, but it is not fantastic. I was expecting, maybe I was expecting well, too that, much. Maybe that's your issue. Like, people overhyped it for you. and. But it's it's up my alley. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm totally down with JRPGs. And it just let me down so hard in that the combat was so trivial. The dungeon okay. crawling was meaningless. Like we've done these types of manage your resources. When you run out of resources, you can no longer progress through the dungeon. We've done those games back in like the eighties. That's and not 90s. fun. It's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Exploring the dungeon is not really that interesting. 
Uh, and the story exploring the personas, uh, metaphorically interesting, but like in, <laughs> in practice, it was still juvenile. And I don't know why people are praising the story for being like, well, they're high school kids edgy and yeah. <laughs> ah. Well, okay. So how about, uh, we got Shimigami Tensei coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Maybe that'll I'm be up, up your alley instead. And and I will always check out the next Persona game. I still have Persona 3 that I have yet to start up. But uh, Okay. Well, I can't, wow. I'm, not, I'm not out on the Persona franchise. <laughs> all right. All right. So it, didn't, it totally killed the passion there. I Look, I put in over 10 hours. I beat the first uh, the first thing. And these are not Isn't that like a 100-plus hour game? It's it's like a 100-hour game, yeah. And you only put 10 hours and you, you fully judged it. I'm sorry. I beat Resident Evil 2 in 10 hours. So <laughs> I think 10 hours is more than enough time to judge right. a game. Well, you should know better. With a JRPG, 10 hours can barely yeah. scratch the surface sometimes. It could, but it shouldn't be uh, taking this long to be interesting and fun. At all, Xenoblade. I was just going to mention this. To unlock stuff, but I was having fun. That you know, that, that hour entire one, time. I was having fun. Okay. That was a fantastic opener, right? They didn't. They slowly unlock stuff as you progress along, but things were awesome right from the start. Right. So you yeah, know, no, there's I, ways to do it way better than Persona Five. Oh man, uh, you, we might get some. Uh, some and look, Fire Emblem. Three Houses does have a pretty slow opening. And that one also opens up things nice and slow, too. Right, right. And that's also in, like, a school-like setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's definitely... It is a school. Right. Yeah. So... Except you, know, you go out and Fire Emblem kill people. But. is by far the better RPG to Persona 5. Like, by a landslide. But people, Not even close. The, people, the peoples, they want it. Sure. I... Look... Let them yeah. have it. Persona 5 came out on Switch, which it should have. Uh, that would be fantastic. Instead, we're getting uh, a Misu. Yeah, Misu game. game. Yeah. yeah, nobody, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some new gameplay details on Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is coming out really soon. Um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you go over some of this? All right. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's an article on my Nintendo News, uh, which sums up a lot of stuff. that. So you can kind of read most of it on there. But the gist of it is that uh, they're, they're doing some interesting things. One thing I, in particular I thought that was interesting is that they are... This is also like a slippery slope. So watch yourselves, Pokemon Company. They are uh, allowing players to encounter certain rare forms of Pokemon within a window of time so like real world time like real world time like from the release november until sometime in january you'll have a higher chance of encountering rare gigantamax pokemon uh and they mentioned one in particular uh and there's probably going to be others and this will probably be a repeating event thing Mm -hmm. and i can imagine that they're announcing this for this time frame to get those early game sales boosted as much as possible and then they'll probably periodically uh throughout the remainder of 2020 have these types of events where certain rare gigantamax pokemon will appear throughout uh, uh throughout the game they're also doing like these really cool quality of life things now other pokemon players you know that you want to sort of get pokemon and you have to get the right pokemon and make sure that their base stats and and their growth potential uh you want to make sure that you're nurturing and breeding this 
mainly ties into Pokemon breeding, uh, so that you're getting the best. And this is really for the players that the min maxers there, the min maxers, the ones that are playing to compete and all that. So this is really for them. But they made that process easier. They're inserting new items and new methods to sort of enhance either the stat growth potential or to enhance enhance the base stats of uh, potentially bad Pokemon. You can sort of bring their base stats up to the best possible version of that same Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great quality of life stuff. that. Oh, sure. Because that would have saved me potentially hundreds of hours because in X and Y, um, when I was breeding Pokemon, this sounds really weird. um, But when I was, (laughs) when I was, because you send your, you send your Pokemon to a daycare and all of a sudden they're, they're having eggs and stuff. Uh, But anyway, I spent a lot of time breeding pokemon looking for the perfect ivs i was not a competitor at all i just wanted the best freaking pokemon yep. of whatever you know whatever one i was also breeding for shinies and, and things like that yeah, yeah. Uh, so i i put in easily a hundred plus hours just in breeding yeah and and these things when you're when you're putting in that much time mm-hmm. it is not fun but you're doing it because you, you you know there's a better version <laughs> right and the game itself the base game is awesome it's fantastic but put these little quality of life things in there so that way we don't have to we have another way yep. to sort of min max without having to go the grindy way right, of right, min maxing right. and have an rng work against our favor and stuff like that yeah they're also uh making funny you mentioned the the breeding stuff so uh if you take eggs uh, uh, and put them next to each other. Uh, and if they meet certain conditions, you can, you can sort of, uh, depend on the eggs learning certain egg moves. You Pokemon players know what this is about. Uh, so you can kind of, that's more reliable as to what type of moves you can sort of give, uh, new pokemon that's that's about to hatch so, from so you have the in the overall creation of a pokemon you have a lot more reliability yeah in that which is which is yes like you said it, that that quality of life improvement yep. that would have saved me hundreds of hours yeah and, and it's the egg thing was like a way to kind of cheat the the move set that a pokemon of a certain type could get by being able to get them being able to learn a move that's not normal mm-hmm. for their type that's how the egg system comes to play and now you can kind of it's easier to figure out how to tweak that wow uh, like mad scientists Uh, they're also adding uh i don't know if they've had this in prior pokemon games but i'm guessing probably not but i could be very wrong on that but right up rip they're gonna have a competition for online pokemon battles it's gonna be an official competition i don't know what's happening with the winner but you can look up the article uh and there's a bunch of other stuff listed there but those are the things that i thought were the most interesting the first competition is actually going to start up in december and that's like a month away from that or the release so. yeah yeah uh, just weeks away so that's, yeah. you gotta you gotta you know get your pokemon level them up start the breeding and and the item and and min maxing and then join that uh, online competition 
that's going to be fantastic to see. It's going to be in a stadium, right? That's, that's it's, crazy. It's going to be pretty wild. It's like they're taking the element of Pokemon Stadium, incorporating it into the online play that's going to be baked into the system. So you mm-hmm. can kind of imagine like this really nice HD Pokemon Stadium online competition official too. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. You can just join while playing your game with the Pokemon that you collect. That's, that's going to be awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So then we got a couple more news bits here. Elder Scrolls Blades requires an online connection. Uh, so we this is a mobile mobile port soon to come. I, I, I thought it was coming out this year. I thought it'd be out already. Yeah. Did they announce Elder Scrolls Blades this E3 or was it last E3? I thought it was announced in a in a direct. It was. It, I, I think it might have been last year. E3. E3. It yeah. was not this year's E3. And they, they might have mentioned it in a direct as well, yeah. But it was announced last year's E3, and no one's really heard of it. And I, you know, we kind of assumed that it was going to come out to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they even said it was going to come out to the Switch, but it's been taking a long time. Right, right. Uh, for it to just release in general, it's probably out in some sort of beta form on uh, on mobile devices. No, you can actually play. I've been, I was playing it on, on oh. mobile. Yeah, well, so it go. is available on mobile. Yeah. I've been playing it. I, I don't see how this is going to translate over to to the Switch. To to be honest with you, it's a very simplified game. Um, the, I, but it takes I, place in a Skyrim world. Yeah, I, cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's not uh, like Skyrim's on the Switch. Oh, oh wait, it is, it on, is the on the Switch. One of the first games, <laughs> uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess it's going to require an online always connection. Because that and that's the mobile routes coming out there. Yeah, and it's also a free to play game. So they, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are people that could take advantage of it not being you know online or whatever. So. But, you know, don't knock uh, a free-to-play Elder Scrolls game because that franchise is pretty huge. No. Um, and actually, I'm planning on doing a video with a, all the free-to-play RPGs uh, available on the Switch. There are actually more than you would think. None of them are... No, no. There's definitely more than any of us can think because there's a whole lot of garbage on the Switch. Well, I'm talking specifically RPGs. Uh, there's probably about six... Hundred. No, no, not RPGs. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's, there's just garbage out there. There, there. there are garbage, but there are actually some decent ones out there. You'd be surprised. Oh, definitely, definitely some decent ones. Yeah. Uh, then Tencent is yeah. hiring. Yeah, th- this is a little bit of dated news. Once again, most of these articles you can find uh, and links to their original articles on my Nintendo News. But yeah, Tencent is a massive, massive company. They already have a few games out on Switch, and they are hiring uh, more developers to port more of their games over to the Switch. And that's just fantastic stuff because they have... well. A little game called League of Legends. Never heard of it. They have Arena Valor, which is on a Switch. I've played it. Oh, it's, it's one of those awesome. free-to-play garbage games. No, it's actually really good. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. And it is a free-to-play <laughs> game. Uh, and it, it's it's uh, it had it's basically the uh, the League of Legends experience. Okay. But done well for console. Mm-hmm. And League of Legends free-to-play. That game's free-to-play. Uh, and I th- there's. It's very similar, League of Legends. Even I don't know if they copied some of the characters uh, or not, but either way, there's that. So to know that there are even more titles that are going to make their way over to the Switch, and Tencent has acquired a couple of recent big companies. Uh, so you know, Who don't knows? think that don't think that this isn't interesting news because Tencent. 
uh, if you want, I could look up some of the more recent companies that they acquired because those companies have some really interesting games mm -hmm. uh, to go along with them. So uh, it, I'm excited. Yeah, it could potentially uh, be, be uh, more, 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 more RPGs. Uh, off the top of your head, you don't remember because uh, uh, I'd really like to know that. Uh, but I'm going to move on from this, and when you find that out, just let me know, because okay, we're going to go into listener questions. We're kind of a little light on time here. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hear from you. Remember, we are all about community here at Switch RPG Podcast. So, if you want to be part of the show, you can email your feedback and questions at um, podcast at switchrpg.com, or you can jump into our Discord server. Uh, you can message me on Twitter at the Nerd Basement. Uh, there's all different ways to contact us. Now, I'm just going to hit one of these questions. We've got a few of them. Uh, but uh, Tuwile on Discord uh, says, What do you think of the current state of Nintendo Online with the NES slash SNES games? And do you prefer this or Virtual Console? So I kind of posted a quick little thing okay. on the... Um, this was on Discord, by the this way. Is on, yeah, this is on Discord. And I kind of said that, you know... What we want is to have uh, to buy a digital, you know, a, a an older game digitally, buy it once, and have that uh, purchase stick with us for the remainder of our Nintendo network account. Uh, so a game that across you... multiple consoles. All right. So a game you bought on the originally on the DS, you want that to carry over to the Switch, essentially well, following following the line. Well, at some point. And it's too. I think it's too late now. But um, ideally, it would be for the Wii or the DS, or I think in the 3DS and Wii U. That's when they really did some bigger changes to it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I thought a lot of those purchases would carry over because they had a virtual console in the Wii U. Uh, but it didn't. And I think I know why they didn't. I mean, carry they, it over. they they really have no obligation to do that. Okay, uh, right, right. I mean, you purchased it on the DS. It's available on the DS. You can play it to your heart's content. Yep. They made a 3DS. I mean, yeah, I'd love to play it on the 3DS, but it's a totally different console. Um, and then you jump over to your consoles. You, you play a game on, uh, you download a game on the Wii. That yep. should not carry over to the Switch. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I would love for that to happen. It, it's just annoying that you have to buy the same game over and over again. And the game isn't changing. Well, it's the just game, the console, the device that you're playing that game on is changing. Right. It's a totally... Yeah. It, say say you got a, uh, a different game. Yeah. A different console, I mean. Uh, uh, you, you bought a game on the, on the Wii and you buy a PlayStation. That game is not going to cha change over. I mean, just because it's Nintendo yeah. doesn't mean it's going it, to... They owe you that. Well, right. And I agree with that, but... Uh, if, I don't know if that if, analogy made sense, but if you look at what they did for the transition between the Wii and the Wii U, which I thought was great, was you could take your virtual console games yep. and spend a fraction of the purchase price for these to get that game back to uh, yeah to transfer it onto the Wii U, so you can essentially upgrade the number of platforms that you could play it on. Okay, which was great, and it was it was. You know, a fraction of a dollar to sort of transition these games that you've purchased already, and that was that was a really nice way, and it would have been nice for them to do it again, but that's fine. Now with the Switch, what they are doing, I think what they are doing right now is sort of w walking a nice line between the ultimate of what we will all would want to do, but we kind of know that they're not going to do, which is what I said before, and you know the inevitability of 
you know, purchasing the same game over and over again on each new platform. We definitely don't want that. That's that's not a good thing because that Nintendo knows that's not a good thing because when they release these games, no one's gonna repurchase them again for the tenth time, the twentieth mm-hmm. time. Eventually, that well will dry up. But so you, what they have you done, still own the game. You just own it on whatever on that, on whatever that platform you bought it on. But once again, like that that well will dry up. The amount mm-hmm. of times that people are willing to rebuy the same game. And I think it's even better to do it the way that they're doing right now from, from Nintendo's perspective. Right. And that is by uh, purchasing the game, uh, or not the game, but purchasing the network, Nintendo Network uh, the online, online account yep. and paying that monthly fee, Nintendo gets, you know, they're getting collect, their, right. They're getting right? their money. They're monthly. getting their money monthly, and the hope is that uh, the you know it's it's a Netflix like subscription service, uh, and that over time you can carry over the many years. This will hopefully stay in service and stay in service across multiple platforms. Where yes, you will always have access to these tried and true games, uh, and you'll have access to them over across multiple platforms. The only problem is you have to pay this fee right, this every single year. Sure, that's going to recur, but you get the transfer. Right. I mean, they 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 did both of them very differently with Nintendo. They gave a little bit, little bite-sized chunks until the library grew. Uh, to what it is now for Super Nintendo, they said, "All right, here, here's whatever, how many, say, thirty games, or whatever it is, and this is all we're getting. We're not, we're not doing any more." That limits you. I mean, there are games for the Super Nintendo that I want, yeah, and I can't get it. A lot of games, a lot of games, yeah. uh, and that comes down to licensing. Uh, that's again added added cost, which is probably why you have to buy it every every iteration, every console, except for the Switch. Except for the Switch, yeah. the license is probably taken care of with uh, with the Nintendo Online well, purchase. I, I think uh, it's kind of what you're seeing with Disney and Netflix and Hulu, etc. Is that all these content providers, these these intellectual property holders, are now seeing that there's a lot of money to be made off of their older IPs, and they're reserving them or charging a higher premium to those that do want to sort of license it out, to resell it on whatever store, or right. to, to package it with some sort of subscription service. Right, and you'll notice, uh, again, with those uh, uh, those streaming services you were talking about, a lot of them, what they're doing now is they're producing more of their first-party content. They're doing a lot more of that, so they're not having to pay licensing uh to other you know movie makers or whatever uh so they're they're making their own content to kind of alleviate that and that's what you're going to see with the nintendo online you're going to see a lot more a lot more first party games rather than third party games things things of that nature but you know it's right now i think this is the best that satisfies both the mm-hmm. older, you know, nostalgic fan and also is best for Nintendo who wants to continue to make money off of their older purchases, uh, but also not nickel and dime people over and over again for the for purchasing the same thing. Because when you think about it, mind, uh, mindset-wise, is you're not buying the same thing over and over again you're buying a subscription that you need to keep up if you want to have access to this content i never like subscription services so i'm mainly doing it for the sake of having online access which is for what 
They're, they're, I mean, maybe Smash. with Smash, I was going to say. <laughs> in, for me, the online aspect of Nintendo Online is useless, other yeah. than having access to those Super Nintendo yeah. or those Nintendo games. Because right now, there's nothing that I play that's multiplayer online. Yeah, and I, I got just the first year, and I don't know if I'm going to renew that. And, you know, the access that they've provided for the NES stuff, and I, I, I don't know, I maybe dumped two hours tops I didn't on play those any, NES games. Yeah, I didn't play any of the NES games. And the Super Nintendo games, I dumped a bit more time, but once again, they need to add a whole lot more for there's that just to become, not, Yeah, there's just uh, not enough there. There's only so many times I can play and beat, you know, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, mm-hmm. and Super Mario World, and all those. So would you prefer something like this versus a kind of a la carte, all right, I want this game, I want this game, I want this game, and you choose your own game? Uh, you know, I would rather have it a la carte if the games that I actually wanted to grab a la carte were there. And carried over. But if they were brought over to the subscription service, I would rather have the, the subscription gotcha. service. Just the games aren't aren't yeah. there for you. All right, cool. <laughs> it's really just one game. What game is that? Uh, oh, it's Ogre Battle. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> um, so Tencent. Going back to Tencent. Tencent. All right. Got? I got what, a what list they, of games What here. do they own here? Uh, they got Chess Rush. Uh, don't whatever know. whatever <laughs> but they got PUBG. all right big that's game, a yeah. big one arena valor which we talked about for whatever reason they're now publishing contra games they got a game contra return that's a konami property yet tencent is now publishing that i mean come on konami what a sad <laughs> what a sad well the sad latest uh, contra for the switch was not so good yeah well you know konami is just yeah uh they got another game called honor of kings uh don't don't go by arc age arc age is an mmo i would love for that oh to uh, i was gonna go buy it but yeah arc age uh yeah i I see a lot of uh emails about that joan i mean Mm -hmm. at this point my brain is turned off on mmos i've played too many mmos uh they're, they all play the same yep. at this point. I agree. I agree with some of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alliance of Valiant Arms. Uh, I already said League of Legends. Uh, Crossfire. That's actually kind of up there on Twitch right now. Ring of Elysium. That's another. I think that's another like um, uh, Battle Royale style game. Okay. It's still, I think, in the beta side of things uh still being worked on but that's also something interesting uh there was another there's some older games for example infinity blade uh, the and that company in particular uh was it they they do the uh the, the big game well infinity blade was it's a mobile game well, it is mobile game. And there's Infinity Blade actually, 2, which is actually pretty good. It is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I played and beat the beat that to to the nth degree. That I, That's actually going to lead... Maybe the third one, too, I think. I don't know about the yeah. third one, but it's going to lead to our kind of uh, off-topic thing. Yeah. Uh, but let's just move on here. we got some yeah, upcoming RPGs. We have S As Divine Kamara. It's a Kemco game. So if you're into those Kemco games for whatever reason, that one's coming out November 7th. Again, another November 7th, Animus Harbinger. Animus is kind of like a Dark Souls uh, boss run type of game. A uh, really interesting game there. Romancing Saga 3. Uh, a lot of uh, nostalgia there. You want to talk about nostalgia. That was a game that was never before released in the West. Now coming over. We have Yaga on... No- oh, I'm sorry. Romancing Saga is November 11th. Yaga, November 12th. That is kind of a roguelike, roguelite. I don't even know the difference between the two. But that is an action RPG coming out on November 12th. 
Then we have Labyrinth of the Witch, which is another roguelite, roguelite dungeon crawler, which is really interesting. I like the look of Labyrinth of the Witch. Take a look at that one on November 14th. Again, you were talking about Infinity Blade. I kind of have a side quest off topic thing here. Are there any mobile games or mobile RPGs that you actually enjoy? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Well, is that, is, Valor, it's not quite an RPG. Oh, okay. But, uh, it definitely has, I mean, you do level up. It's more of a, I don't know, like a swipe the screen fighter. Yep. Uh, but that's an older game, uh, but it is actually kind of good. Uh, also shout out to Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Heroes. Heroes, yeah. yeah. I was that, that's actually the only one I really kind of enjoy. I, I mean, I've played so many. They're most of the time they're filled with ads and microtransactions. It really kind of is I just want to buy a game outright yes. and not have to worry about any of those yeah. things. I I generally don't play mobile games anymore because of how money hungry and the free to play system and how the gameplay is designed to slow things down to a grind. They ramp up at first dramatically mm -hmm. on purpose. And this is all purely on purpose. And that formula has been exposed to me so much to the degree that I now no longer just pay attention to mobile games. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't play them anymore. I mean, I, I think there is an avenue. There is a market for them. Yeah. I just wish they, like I had said, uh, just let me pay twelve dollars ten dollars whatever just let me buy the game outright and and then be done with me and just let me enjoy a game without interrupting me every whatever or trying to grab loot box money out of me all that stuff but yeah. we're gonna cover that other question you, you seem Discord? to be uh wanting to cover all right we're gonna go over I'm just wondering okay no no we can't so i did a little bit of homework oh this. you did homework all right so we're we're gonna do this we do have another listener question hedge knight mike on the discord server what Japanese exclusive RPG would you like to have localized? I'm sorry. Which, I, I can't see. What Japanese exclusive RPG would you like localized? Does not have to be for the Switch. Will take a remaster slash port. I, I'm going. I didn't edit this, so I'm going yeah, off of what he said. So, so a game that never made it to the States. Mm -hmm. uh, more in line with an RPG, but, you know... I would also say it doesn't have to be an RPG, but if we just lean towards RPG, the answer to this is like super simple. It's easy. It's Mother 3. Okay. I, I, right. That's what I mean. It's easy. Everyone, it's easy. I think everyone will say Mother 3. Mother 3. And I actually yeah. think, and, and I put it in our notes here, I, we're actually getting the ones that I would have originally wanted, which is Trials of Mana or Seiken Setsu. Three. I am definitely looking forward to Trials of Mana, the uh, the, rem the remake, remake, the 3D remake. That yeah. looks really, really good. It's already in the uh, the collection. It is, but not at the remake. Not not the remake. Yeah, not the, the original remake. 2D mm -hmm. Super Nintendo. Yep. But if you and, and then also Romancing Saga, which I did mention, Romancing Saga yep. Three is coming over soon. That game looks it looks very different, and it looks a lot very vibrant um yeah and i just so mother three the obvious pick right you know, and there's th these other games that are now coming to the switch and i just want to point out some of the other rarities and i'm really gonna dig into the rare part of things i'm gonna throw some stuff out oh, no. there's also from an article on deno denofgeek.com den, den of geek den of geek there we go i read that way wrong <laughs> uh but they have an article and some of these games i'm just going to point out dragon quest 10 which 
uh, is an MMO. Never made it to the States I would because that. it's an MMO. But yeah, yeah I would want to see that here. Now, I'm going to skip over that one because I played the first one and it is phenomenal. Uh, there, there are some other rare games. Well, another one I wanted to point out that was actually pretty interesting. Uh, and I did play it. And it never made it here to the States. It came out in Europe. Where is that game? Ah, here it is. Uh, Terra Enigma. That game, I played it on an emulator because it never came out in the States. Uh, played it on an, on an emulator because I, I didn't know what this game was. And it had a weird name, right? Terra Enigma. It was a really, really good uh, action RPG. Kind of like Secret of Mana, uh-huh. a little bit more towards Zelda, but also like still had level up mechanics and stuff like that. So it was like this nice fine in between, and the combat to it was really good. And they should bring that back. Visually, it looks like Earthbound, uh, to me anyway. Terra Enigma. Terra Enigma. You talk. I'm sorry. You're talking this one that here. That is Earthbound. That, okay. <laughs> that, is, that is Mother Three. Okay. Terra Enigma. That, that's why you totally confused me. All right. Yeah. So the, the, they've. Okay. Uh, Terra Enigma. Yes. Uh, so this this game very rare. This is digging way back. So when I looked up this article, I was looking. Like, oh yeah, doing a little bit of research on this. I saw Terra Enigma. And I'm like, and I started to pull up a video because it looks kind of familiar, and I remembered playing that game. You know, many years ago, once again on an emulator, and it was really good. And yeah, it never got brought to the states. So this is one of those like rare RPGs that absolutely should be brought over. Now, now that I'm looking at the correct image, it, yes. I, I, the main protagonist looks like uh, the main protagonist in Secret of Mana. Yeah, yeah, it okay. does. And the gameplay, it you'll it see, it plays like, like Secret of Mana. It, well, but more, yeah, more faster paced, action oriented okay. gameplay. Now, the game that I actually want here in the states and has never left japan is can you put it on the correct image so i don't make a buffoon of myself thank you i will here we go so it is called dragon force not one one did come out here in the states i played that game so much it was fantastic probably the only reason to own a sega saturn (laughs) it's a saturn game uh is dragon force 2 i didn't even realize that there was a sequel until i looked up this article and I saw, and I was scrolling down, I saw Dragon Force 2. I'm like, wait a minute, they made a 2? Well, it was probably due to come out, and then the Saturn just kind of... That's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, you okay. nailed it. It, it. And Dragon Force, the first one, was phenomenal. It was the reason to own a Saturn. Okay. The game itself was just that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they made a sequel, and it never left Japan because, yeah, the Saturn was a huge flop. Now, is that a, is that a fighting game, or what, what am I looking at here? It is a strategy tactics war game that when you go into combat it you, the battlefield takes place on on like this level uh terrain it almost has like a fighting game perspective and and you have like the leader of an army at t- fighting another leader of an army and you can duel each other and you can like use magical attacks against one another and you also have like troops that are also battling each other and these troops could measure up to like a hundred uh, so wow. you'll have like a hundred versus a hundred big giant you know warfare battle uh, and there's like dragons and, okay. and and other and mages and, and cavalry and other mystical what, things. Who do we so. need to contact? Sega. Uh, yeah, it would be Sega. So it's it's of the Force kind of franchise. Okay. So it has, it has Dragon Force, right? They're Shining Force. All right. Uh, so it's 
it's sort of akin to that. And any of the Force games are owned by Sega, but they don't treat those games very well. Mm. Uh, especially Dragon Force, it's kind of like lost into the nether. So I would love, I wouldn't want to see the Sega Saturn game ported, obviously, because it's going to play like garbage now. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would love is for them to just take, if not the original, the second one, uh, or both package it together and just remaster it. Come out with like Grandia one and two. Well, like like what what well, they did with uh, with Secret of Mana. Okay, right? yeah, just, have a just a nice collection, and if possible, you know, remaster or or remake yep. that bundle. Hmm. Both games because the first one's phenomenal. I never played the second one, but I can imagine that the second one is going to be as good as the first one or better. Okay, I'll um I'll contact my folks at Sega. Yes, do and. We can make this happen. Do you have any games other than uh, Earthbound or Mother 3? Uh, well, well uh, Mother 3, I, I mentioned Romancing Saga 3 oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Secret of Mana 3. Not 3, but Saiken Detsetsu, Trials of Mana yeah. 3. Yeah. Um, but they're already coming, so I, I don't need anything else. Except for Mother 3, which we uh, all need. It's not happening. Everyone's all, everyone's all excited about this, yeah. getting their hopes up for nothing. Yeah. There, there are some... RPGs that could on older consoles like the Game Boy Advance, the DS, rare uh, that could be brought over. Now, I will say this: my original answer to this question was <laughs> Tales of Fantasia, okay, which never released. It was a super late Super Nintendo game, never released in the states. But then they uh, sort of dug it up and brought it over via the Game Boy Advance, or it might have been DS. So it was either the DS or Game Boy Advance, which I have. Um, and it's, you know, fantastic. It's the very first Tales of game. And the fact that if you ever played through that game and realized that that game was doing things on the Super Nintendo that was like voice acting right. on a Super Nintendo game. Okay. That is phenomenal. That is insane. I don't remember there. Do I mean, like there that. was some not voice acting. I mean, there was some. There were some games like uh, the opening to Super Metroid. Yeah. I mean, but is that really voice acting I, no that is voice acting. is it okay the, the last metroid is in captivity i'll have to the galaxy is at peace i don't remember okay i don't remember <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to we'll look that up yep but yeah so some uh some older game boy advance there's definitely uh tales of fantasia specifically and if you haven't played it dig it up find a game boy advance or maybe there maybe it's on an e-shop somewhere tales of fantasia is actually a really good um it's the beginning of the franchise mm -hmm. it's really good and the earlier part of the Tales series uh tales of fantasia and tales of destiny uh those are actually a way more mature depiction of tales games uh from the more symphonia to vesperia abyss etc the more anime-ish which right. kind of took a little bit more of a light-hearted approach but those earlier iterations of the tales of franchise pretty mature mm. uh the other game would be uh sword of mana Oh, I wait. A, yeah, there I, was a of mana. I have sort of mana. That's yeah. I didn't realize that was Game, a Game Boy Advance, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't I realize that was that. a uh, European or Eastern release. And also children of mana. Yep, I have that too. Yeah. Okay, I'm learning new things. I have these games. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like you don't remember how awesome the Game Boy Advance and the the DS were for RPGs in general until you like look up a list. Right, right, which right. I did earlier today and I remembered like I have that game and yes it was great. Uh, I'll have to look and see. I, I I thought they were released in the West. But... No, they did. They did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, these okay. Games did, yes. All right, cool. 
All right. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to everyone who sent in their questions and comments. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at SwitchRPG.com or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on that, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on those platforms. So your support would be amazing. And finally, remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs for the Nintendo Switch. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.